The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome to Old Spatial. I'm Brandon, and riding shotgun with me is Tony Shop. Yes, sir. Back for another exciting adventure. All right. The series of Old Spatial will follow the exploits of a man and his car, the first season of Night Rider. Today, we are here to discuss the seventh episode, Not a Drop to Drink. Mm-hmm. Very, very specific. Uh, in this episode, Michael and Kit are sent to protect a group of ranchers whose water supply is being cut off by a wealthy landowner. Michael meets his match in a hot-headed young widow who leads the fight for their rights and is instructed to make sure she doesn't do anything too impulsive. This one is directed by Virgil W. Vogel, written by Hannah Louise Shear, starring David Hasselhoff, Edward Mulhair, Patricia McPherson, William Daniels, Harry Carey Jr., Sandra Curry, Jason Evers, Lynn Hamilton, and special guest star footage from Superman the movie. <laughs> it's so funny. Like every every website you go to to read up like the trivia and the goofs for this particular episode, yep. like that's the that's the lead story. It is a they, they they, love they, it. a little part from Superman. Oh, did my you gosh. know? <laughs> did you know? Uh so uh Vogel, uh the director, she it was the editor on Touch of Evil. Or Virgil, oh, he, I think it was a he. Um, and this island Earth. So two nice. different ends of the quality spectrum. Uh, directed The Mole People, two episodes of My Camera, five episodes of Bonanza, five episodes of Mission Impossible, Six Million Dollar Man, the FBI, and one episode of Quantum Leap. And our writer, Sheer, uh, wrote for MacGyver 11 episodes of Star Trek, The Next Generation, Cagney Lacey, Walker, Texas Ranger, 422 episodes of Port Charles, which is a spinoff of General <laughs> Hospital, 14 episodes of Days of Our Lives, and three episodes of Bold and Beautiful. So a lot of soap opera experience coming here. And yeah, Hollywood greatness of Touch of Evil. Why, why, oh, yeah. Well, when I worked with uh, Wells, <laughs> is that what he told? Uh, I wonder if he told like Hasselhoff that way. Like, well, I worked with Wells on Touch of Evil. Uh, seems seems like something you would want to work into casual conversation mm-hmm. for sure. So. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why this episode, because he directed so much soap opera stuff. Maybe that's why it felt like. Didn't it feel like extra dramatic to you? Like it really. Well, felt the, like it was really written by. It was written by the soap opera person. Okay, and maybe the, that's yeah, why. So- they were like yeah. trying to push the drama and like everybody, like everybody's got beef with each other. And then once again, what are we like six episodes in? And we've already had this is our second 
uh, you know, widow, single mother thing yeah. that, you know, like it's, it's this whole, like, you know, there's gotta be like the excuses to get Michael in front of ladies is getting real thin right now. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one, speaking of the woman, like, I kind of felt like they're doing it dirty here because there's a, there's a big moment. So this, this one features a widowed woman with her son who lives with and still coordinates work with her father-in-law. Right. And there's a, a scene where the father-in-law is like, I see how you look at that, Michael. She's like, <laughs> shut up. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, it's okay. You know, and like, you know, he seems I'm like, but she's not going to go to the next episode. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> they never do. They like, never do. <laughs> doesn't go anywhere. If anything, she'll be like, like scorned or something like, like that's, yeah. that's kind of like, were you preparing a series of episodes with this woman? And they said no. And they left the script or I don't wouldn't, know. Wouldn't like, that be a heck of a spinoff idea for Knight Rider to, to go back and follow all the women, like to like to continue their story for another episode or like give them a three episode arc of after Michael, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like after, after Michael night. Or they have like a, you know, yes. a group meetings about I dated Michael Knight for <laughs> a like day it, yeah. or a week. <laughs> Such a charming man comes into your life, has that sweet car. That oh, yeah. Sweet car. And yeah. No, like, yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm like, that kind of, it's, I get it, but it's, it feels kind of wrong. Like, you they, know where this really, goes. Yeah. They were very committed to the girl a week format. Like, and, mm-hmm. yeah, they really like, and, and I don't, because we haven't seen an episode yet. That didn't have like this one was probably of all the episodes was like the the lightest in terms of pushing like the romance like she's right. very like independent like don't want I don't you know she don't, don't want him there yeah exactly right I mean eventually she comes around a little bit and things like that but but yeah um they, yeah they they definitely push this format very very hard um in tandem with I can't remember if it's this episode it might it might be it might be the next episode we're doing but spoilers like but they do this pretty routinely where they also talk about all of the other girls that michael yeah continues it, it becomes a the thing side. Mm-hmm. yeah kit likes like, to mention oh, that. last night you did this oh yeah yeah kit loves to blow him up for his exploits <laughs> yeah there, yeah there's a line coming up in one of these that i i i i, I wrote down because i was like gee man they really like to hammer home that like whenever we catch up with michael by the way between this week and last week, he was with some women. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> and, and this this episode too, though, Bonnie features again, which is great. Mm-hmm. Bonnie gets you know her her standard scene or whatever, but and she, she's telling him that she put a grappling hook in in Kit, which oh, yeah. um, obviously comes relevant later in the episode. But there's this weird like the way she's telling him and the way Michael is like like standing over her. Oh it's yeah. Like the most forced like it's not meant to be. Like I like I feel like in my mind, like this shouldn't be as creepy as it is, but it's very you know like the you can't steamy Michael Bonnie flirtation. Yeah. yeah. It's like oh like that's yeah, where are gonna put that big hook? I'm like, you know, like I'm bit, they didn't say that, but like, you know, it's like this weird thing of like, what are you doing with this here? What are where are we going here? Well, and it's not even at like a it's not even like a money penny James Bond thing where it's just like this is what we do, it's not gonna happen. Like Bonnie doesn't really flirt back or something. Or she's like, wait, are, do you want to date me, Michael? Like what? That's kind of how she is. Like, there's no, cause yeah, there's, there's a fine line. Like perfection of this is money, penny, James Bond, where it's yes. cute. It works. But at the end of the day, they both know they're just playing. 
You know, like that's that's yeah. that's not that doesn't feel like that with Bonnie and and Michael. Michael just it feels like the minute Michael gets her, she's gonna quit because she gets sick of him and she's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like Bonnie is a relationship girl. She's like a she's yeah. like a whiner and diner. She's not like a you know she's not like a take me out once and I'm yours mm-hmm. type of thing. She's like you gotta you gotta work for Bonnie. Maybe maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. translating the way they they wanted it to. Yeah. Maybe it's just weird because she only gets literally three minutes an episode. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it, it, they're figuring it out. And then apparently, it, according to executives or something, it doesn't work out because she gets replaced in the next season. Uh, but and she comes back later. But um, this also, I know, I know, it's another like kind of political hire episode where like something political brings Michael into the brings Michael stuff in the fold because Devin's already in place in the beginning of this uh, right. to witness everything. Uh, there's like a, a land dispute. And a lot of sabotage from a company that wants to land, uh, trying to destroy a dam. Um, and the they're trying to help the rightful owners hold on to it against all attacks. So Michael's sent out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I appreciate like, yeah. So, I, again, we're getting these like seemingly very small time kind of squabbly things, which I, again, I, I, I appreciate that like not every episode has to be like a save the mm-hmm. nation kind of vibe. Right. So, you know, I, I like, I, I mean, I appreciate, and maybe that's what they were going for with flag is like, maybe, you know, flags, you know, intent is to stand up for the small guy and things like that. So, so, you know, this feels in line with that, which is nice, but at the same time, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of kind of heavy handed, like political, and that might be a byproduct of the time, you know, the, I mean, mm-hmm. I know, you know, the mid eighties, I mean, what time in our era in, of the last 40, 50 years hasn't been political to some degree, of course, but right. Um, you know. I mean, everything's it's, I, I know a lot of people are always like, they just are political now. They always have been. It's just now you're old enough to recognize the politics. Oh, you know, hundred percent. Only difference. And there's politics to recognize here. There's small town politics, their their business versus you know you know small people think but like this could have been easily been the plot of a Dukes of Hazard episode too oh yeah hundred percent like that this could have been like this this was like the kind of plot that you expected to come up on any you know action TV show you had of the era <laughs> like a lot of these are like there's yes um. Night Rider's more about the way we go about doing things rather than trying to have some like original tactics to it. Um but yeah, so this one has to you know has to deal with that. Um and as you mentioned, Kit gets a grappling hook early on in this episode, which uh Devin admires. Why, what a remarkable fisherman Kit would make. I'm like <laughs> All right. It's a very it's a very Devin thing to say. So yes. um <laughs> So yeah, when and Michael immediately when he goes into town is like ambushed by bulldozer dozers. Like they're like, that's it, the one that says night. And he's like, they say he's coming to help the ranchers. And I notice, I don't know about you, but there is a lot of like random ADR lines in this episode. Like this is like Fred, they're just showing a bulldozer with no one inside, but there's a lot yes. of whoa, ha, 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 type ADR yes. craziness going on that doesn't really like it's blatant. It doesn't even feel like they're trying to mix it in with the ambiance or anything like that. 
Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, the yeah the the explanatory, over-explanatory mm-hmm. voice voiceovers, like who's driving that car? You know, here, look out. You know, he'll never make it. Yeah, you know, a lot of those generic like you know yeah. throw-in lines oh, that that were hundred percent recorded after the fact in a you know in a Foley studio somewhere or something. Some so guys like yes. just not exciting enough. What do we need? <laughs> Hillbillies yelling stuff. <laughs> yes, please, please. Telling us what's happening on screen or what could I, I, happen I, if they don't get it. I, it's it, it, and it's so interesting too because again with this episode as they've done with a lot of previous episodes is and not only are they trying to like up the wow factor like you know like I said with that with like making sure that like the action is good and mm-hmm. you know it's using the word but they're also trying to put kit and the driving aspect into unique scenes that have never been seen before that they never have done before so this like in this episode because i was like you know when this episode started i was like okay where are we gonna like what's the what's the big unique car draw going to be this episode mm-hmm. and sure enough it's kit fighting a bull which oh, i yeah. which would not have been on my top 100 list of things that i would have been uh, thinking that i would see in, in this season but here we are kit literally <laughs> fighting a bull all by himself and saying toro toro <laughs> toro toro <laughs> and then when he gets there, he's like michael you may take the bull by the horns as they say it's such a strange, like, and, and and it's such a weird, like, you could tell that they just took whatever footage they could get with the car driving around a bull and just ran with it. Because, mm-hmm. like, some scenes are, like, the, like, they use it at least twice, if not more, where the bull is, like, standing next to Kit. And they're yes. like, okay, well, this looks exciting enough. And then there's one where Kit jumps over the bull, and it's clearly a fake bull. Like, like the, yeah. Kit lands on his head. It's, like, plastic. He, like, knocks him down and just falls down. And I'm like, right, like. For, for as great as they have been yeah. with all of the things that they've done, like stunt wise, this mm-hmm. one eh, phoned in a little bit, but they probably didn't have a lot of choice because in their head, they're like, yeah, the, a bull would love to play with a car, I'm sure. And then they got out there to shoot the scenes. And they're like, well, this bull ain't cooperating. So let's take what right. we can get and get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird kits because there's the the scene, little comedic bit with the, the dog peeing on Kit. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, they, that they right. try to go with. Um and then there is one um where oh um yeah kit tells the dog you do um he says i'm not a fire hydrant that's that's how we know he's peeing but there's one where uh there's an arsonist guy that kit chases down acting like he's an alien to the guy to kind of freak him out that's and right. it even has Michael like hides in the back seat so they can pull this off to him. Uh, Literally, yeah, he just hides in the back seat, right? And this bumpkin is so dumb that he thinks a uh, Trans Am is a UFO. Mm. Like, like of all the cars you've seen, a Trans Am not that different than the average car. Right. Like, not, not that different. Come on. No, no it, just, it just looks cooler, <laughs> but that's about yeah. Um, yeah, like I did note that there is interesting use of Kit in the story. Um, that they do continue to be innovative with, like in the finale. The finale for this, they like need Kit's speed to get where they're going a lot. Like that's very important. And then uh, he does some bombing to help come out victorious. Mm-hmm. And plus, he plays a very human role in harassing bad guys in this as well. So they, yeah, they, they he's, yeah, yeah. His 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 personality continues to grow episode by episode. I mm-hmm. think I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it feels like they're easing the audience in to like accepting this inanimate mm-hmm. object as a full on character in the show, like essentially the co-star, which of course he, he really is. So, which, um, it, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's, 
yeah, it's it's very interesting to kind of watch and and kind of see them kind of continue to to continue to do that with with Kit. Yeah, but again, like I said, I don't I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it feels like you know, like you said, more and more they they are easing him in and easing him in, and it's and it's doubly interesting to me if they're trying to make Kit the primary like like the co-star essentially that mm-hmm. William Daniels continues to go uncredited in every episode yeah. as Kit's voice, like he's nowhere in the credits. I'm like. Are you joking? Like, that's a big deal. Like, I feel like that's that's a, like that's a big role. Like, it's extra difficult to bring an inanimate object to life. Like, right? Uh, you know, I don't know if that was a conscious choice on their part, or this was just before the days where voice work was as respected as it is now, or as big as it is now. But or maybe uh, they it, wanted it, you to see it just as Kit. Maybe, maybe there was that too. That yeah. idea that they wanted to sell this as the car. Uh, you're right i would have to go back to other 80s shows and be like did did they credit the voice of alf like you know like did, right. they, or did they want us to just think alf was alf like i don't know i, I can't remember so yeah <laughs> i mean I, i'm trying to think of like weird reasons they would give for things like that but yeah i, I don't know that is it is interesting because william daniels was like it's not like he was a nobody he was probably at a peak of being somebody around there yeah. saying elsewhere so that's yeah, that is an interesting thing. I wonder if in the later seasons they start crediting him. But I don't know. That's that's a great question. I don't know. I do. Maybe it's a maybe this is a Glenn Larson thing. Like I don't know if he credited. I would have to go back and watch Battlestar to see if he credited right. the voice work of the oh, Cylons, the serious leader. Like I, I I don't know. Like I love that show, but I I don't know that I I have never that's paid that close of attention to it. So I have to research this one. So. That's interesting. Um, we'll have to take note to see if they credit Frank Welker as Carr later in this. Uh, yes. Um, thing. Um, there, there's another uh, '80s trope in here that they try to pull off. Uh, the the guy that Bremen, the head of the business that wants to like take this land. Um, one of the funny things is uh, he he's got that scene where a guy comes to visit him, and he's at like his pool to visit there's like the two random ladies just hanging out in the background <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> and i was like oh wow this is your 80s drug lord scene but they're not gonna do a drug lord thing on uh on night rider but it, i find it kind of kind of funny yes but, um, yes 100 so percent. yes it is the very yes the very standard like status quo yeah girl in bikini walking by the camera by the pool before the scene officially starts type of type of thing yeah 100 100 there 100 <laughs> yeah and and kid uh there's a scene where kit scans the house and stuff just to crash through and it's like yeah and he has like a uh air horn or megaphones like hey move to the left i'm coming through i'm like oh that's okay <laughs> Right, and just hope that hope that she gets out of the way before you barrel through the room that she's in. So yeah, and uh, for again, for I know that you know this is for the '80s. It was very cutting edge, but like it shows. Yeah, when when, when he says I, I detect three people in the house, and it shows the graphic on his little screen, and it is the straight <laughs> like it is the Atari. Like I felt like he was playing Pitfall. Like it is uh, as mm-hmm. Atari as it gets. It is ridiculous. I was like, oh my god, that can't be real. Oh. But, you know. It, it futuristic is tech them. looks for them. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. <laughs> I, I recently was talking to my, my son. He's 10 and he was talking about like, is it goofy for you to watch movies that are set in the future, but the future's already passed by or whatever in real time or whatever the date they give? And I'm like, actually, no, I like it because I, I always like to see what their vision of the future was because you always sure. take your future and it always 
has an infusion of what is now that's never you know not gonna be present like yeah. back, back to the future two actually intentionally embraced that when they when they made it because we were already at like 89 they were probably shooting at 88 or 87 so they were like now yeah, the 80 stuff has passed by but that person's vision of the 80s would be uh, in 2015 would be this so um well they know the 80s would come back in weird different ways yeah but man. um <laughs> but i would know i'm like my answer is no i'm like i always fascinated by that because i like to see what it's just a date so you're supposed to be like, okay future um when they give a date ha ha we already passed it but blade runner's still cool <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> even though we passed <laughs> passed that date uh but yeah so i always like that um with those futuristic things of wondering what they would be um but yeah um so yeah michael michael comes out they come out victorious in this one uh again so um we do get to see Devin with a 10 gallon hat on you know <laughs> Which fits his office. He's not in his office in this one, but it would fit him sitting in his office with that on. Yeah, I feel like they're getting him out in the field a bit more. They're trying to put mm-hmm. him in maybe more unique situations. We'll feel that uh, next episode as well, of course. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, they're definitely working hard to, uh, now that they've established everyone's kind of traditional roles, I think they're trying to push those push those limits a little bit to make sure it doesn't, probably, be, you know, to make sure it doesn't become too stagnant. It's not the same thing every single episode for every I, single character. Yeah, so. and be like, these people need to be more than just contacts. Like, right? why am I here? Like, I, I could understand, like, I don't know what Edward Mulher was doing otherwise at the time, but, like, if this is your main show and you're stuck with it for whatever, like, I'm sure he doesn't like coming in being in the same set. Like, can I just shoot, I just shoot my scenes for this season, like, in two weeks? Right. <laughs> like and you know Patricia McPherson though I know she's probably not doing anything and like they're like well I guess this is my big gig I guess would be her thing but like I would feel like you know I need, I'm just stuck in this room like yeah, she's, not, yeah. I mean a lot of people like the performer aspect of thing like why don't people want to stay in roles all the time when do you want to do that forever like no as a performer you want to do a lot of other things and when it's when you get past when people want you that you're like oh i would do that forever again right i, want to be like, go, I, need, I need a job i need something like because you always see like you know like not really working a lot actor would play this again and like of course they would of course, of course they would. like right. i always because see like, they're sick of going to the conventions on the weekend and talking about it so of right because <laughs> i i always see like it, it's funny like i Love her death, but see, like Heather Lankenkamp would do another Nightmare on Elm Street. Of course, she fucking would. Duh, right? Duh, like, right? No shit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, but anyways, yeah, that was um, not a drop, uh, not a drop to drink. Um, solid episode. I wouldn't rate it very highly, but it's got some good, interesting aspects. Michael got a. I could tell Hasselhoff had a trim in this episode from the previous one. So <laughs> might be in a different block or something, or they're like, you there know, you we trim up the trim up the Hasselpoff or whatever. Uh, keep, but to keep the talent looking fresh. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tony, let's shift gears and look on toward the sunset before we hit the horizon. Where can people find you this holiday season? Yeah, so you can always come and, and catch me on the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, what have you. You can find me at Tony Schaub. And of course, I'm the senior editor over at sciencefiction.com. You can come over there and read the news and the reviews and the end of the year retrospectives and all that good stuff. And we can talk about all the great things that are coming next year, too. All right. Hashtag, you'll believe a car can drive. To explain that, the Superman uh 
tagline for the movie was you'll believe a man can fly and they used if you didn't know they used superman footage in this movie it was the dam it was the dam uh so i'm on twitter and instagram at brand 4 and work on whysoblue.com head there or to my youtube channel tomorrow because if you're listening to this dropping on the day it drops the 21st my top 10 blu-rays and top 10 4k ultra hd blu-rays list which is a video, it's uh, I put a cheat sheet in case you don't want to watch, uh, <laughs> is dropping tomorrow. So there you go. Check that out. Um, also, Tim Burton retrospective will be the epilogue is next Monday with Wednesday. It's got nice thoughts on that a month after relevancy. But hell, we're there for you. <laughs> Our you thoughts go. are different because they're ours i don't know uh and right back around here next week for another night rider adventure but from old space brandon and tony not so lone crusaders in a dangerous world the world of old space show thank you for listening the brandon peters show is a creative zombie studios production Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs> <laughs>